When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Lainey, and I'm Laurabeth, and we are Steel Magnolias, two sisters who love family, traditions, and all things Southern. We've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Hey, Lainey. Hi, Laurabeth. Well, we are in for a treat today. We are actually recording this on Easter, and I know that probably blows the mind of many people because they don't <laughs> haven't thought about the fact that we record this earlier than it actually comes into your podcast uh, app in your smartphone. We hope you forget because you feel like you're sitting right here with us. That's but, always our goal. Yeah, we've but. just had a wonderful Easter meal. We're stuffed to the gills. Uh, we have fantastic service this morning at yes. our church and it's much celebration happening. We're going to celebrate, continue celebrating, I guess, um, in a very different way by talking about the episode that probably everyone <laughs> thought this podcast was always about. And that is steel magnolias. So the interesting thing about this is that the play and the movie, which we'll be talking about both today. They start and end on Easter. Did you know that? I remember the end. It's a two-year... But that's right. It's a two-year sort of period of time that the the story covers. And so I was like, this is so so interesting that we're going to be talking about it right here on Easter. So So um, apropos. I love it. We have one disclaimer that we want to make, which is there, this episode will be full of spoilers. Tons. So (laughs) if you haven't gotten a chance to see the play or the movie or both, or if you intend to, or um, even think you might go ahead and pause this and circle back with this episode. Episode once you've gotten After. a chance to see it, because it would be much more interesting from an entertainment and all of that perspective to see it on your own before you go into it with all, with all of our thoughts, right? Right. Well, yeah, and you just want to li- live, let the story live out, yeah, instead of knowing before all you go. Twists, yeah, I think so. That's yeah. So, spoiler alert is sort of covering this whole episode. There's tons of them, and if you haven't gotten a chance um, to see it on the big screen, and you would like to, you have that opportunity next month, May nineteenth, twenty first, and twenty second. Steel Magnolias is going to be in theaters nationwide, and all you have to do is check out fathomevents.com to find the theater nearest you. And you can buy tickets. And I would say if you're wanting to go or thinking of going, go ahead and do that. Because I've checked several theaters just across the country and they're starting to To sell sell out. out. This is such an epic movie um, to go see with friends or your mom or your sister or whoever. Yeah. You know, it's just such a sweet, important movie that I'm not surprised that it's already selling out. Yeah. So it's celebrating 30 years, the movie is. The play had already been in existence and was the genesis of the story. So it's already celebrated 30 years um, a couple of years ago. But we wanted to just, let's just dive in. So you tell us, Lainey, you got to hear um, actually an interview. I did. Yeah, it's been a little while for me. But um, Robert Harling is the um, person who wrote this play. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a true story, based on a true story of his sister's life. Um, so it was very moving hearing 
this interview, um, it was by Garden and Gun magazine, and they did an actual print story, but there was an oh, they interview okay. that um, we got to hear some of the audio of. I love hearing someone's voice. So even too. if, like, the fact that you're even saying, yeah, I would have enjoyed the article, but I, I listened to it as well because you told me about it. Enjoyed hearing it's the voice. fun to hear yeah. someone's voice. So it yeah, is. that's the very first episode of Garden and Gun's Whole Hog Podcast. podcast. And they don't do their super often. No. It's so it should be sporadic, easy to find. Just look for the very first first and second episode, actually. They did okay. a two-part series. Yeah, it was because it was broken up. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, uh, I was moved big time by this interview because he shared the why he wrote this story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his sister... His name was Susan. Yeah. I didn't remember that. You told me that. Um, His sister Susan was diagnosed with diabetes at a young age Mm -hmm. and um, was just this personality type of you couldn't keep her down. You couldn't tell her no. (laughs) She wasn't supposed to do something. I remember him sharing a story that she was a majorette, which is a big deal in a lot of Southern states. They grew up in uh, Louisiana. Yes. Nakatish. Nakatish. Yeah, it looks, it's <laughs> natchitoches or something yeah, is how you would like. want to say it because it's very hard to pronounce. Nakatish, Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana. And so, um, yeah, she was a majorette and was not supposed to be, you know, sweating that right. much in the hot sun out doing that activity because of her diabetes. So she would have candy in her pockets while she was doing that. Regulate her insulin and march on. (laughs) Yeah, literally. That's not a steel magnolia. I don't know what Seriously. So anyway, from a young age, she had um, just not been able, you couldn't tell her no. So um, when she was told by her doctors that it would not be a good idea to have children, it would be too hard on her body. Yeah. uh, She just wouldn't hear it because she wanted a baby. And that this is the true story of what happened to her. So again, spoiler alert. Um, but but what was so moving for me in hearing that interview was he said that um, he in fact had this nephew. Yeah, because she, uh, she had a little boy. Little boy. And I think uh, he was two when she yep. died, or almost two, almost two, yeah. which is. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> that's my son's age. So that's, no, this yeah. is another reason this was so moving for me. Yeah. Um, so in real life, um, his brother and this author's brother-in-law or his sister's husband mm-hmm. um, got married shortly after her death mm-hmm. from. Uh, so like, I think you said five months. I think it was like five months. Yeah. So he had remarried, and this author was saying, you know, she was a nice woman. It had nothing to do with that. But he heard his little nephew call her mama. Mm. And it just brought up a lot of emotion in him and anger in him because he knew how much his mom loved this baby and how hard she had worked, you know, to even have him. Right. And... He incorporates a line that he actually said by giving it a line in the play later. But he said, I just wanted him to know how much his mom loved him. Yeah. And so, uh, anyhow, that caused him to have a lot of emotion. And in talking to some of his friends who were, I believe, playwrights. Yes, I do think that was, this was like a little actor's circle. Yeah, a friend. They were like, you need to write this story for him, for, for this boy to know. Yeah. Yes. So he puts pen to paper to start to write what he thought was going to be a short story right. for this boy. And he was having a hard time writing a short story for a couple of reasons. One, he had a, a history of being an actor yeah, and just was more used to a script. Sure. Yeah. And also he said, as he was trying to write it as a short story, he was realizing there was so much good dialogue yes. that my mom and her friends yeah. had, and it's not coming through. Yeah. So maybe I need to just write this as what I know, as scripted. Yeah. As In a play. the form of a play. And it, that's what came out. And so that whole story 
the play itself lives in the setting of the beauty shop. So, the entire thing is at Trophy's <laughs> so, beauty yeah. salon. So we got to see that a couple of weeks ago here locally. And I would say if it comes near you, definitely go see it. It's fantastic yeah. to get to see what actors can do in the setting of the beauty shop. Unbelievable. Because in really. my mind, when we were going to see it, I was like, how can you fit everything, all the multiple scenes that I know of from the movie? How can you keep that all contained in one beauty shop? And it's very interesting. It is. And well done. Because I know I saw the movie first. Yeah. You know, because I remember seeing this in the theater and having a very emotional experience, seeing it with my mom and Miss Campbell. Um, and yeah, it was just a very emotional experience for me because I, at that age, was having some seizures. Yeah. So you're 19 years old and in, in, yeah. in that place. Yeah. yeah. And so that was a very emotional experience for me. And so then um, when I saw the play for the first time, I was trying to remember what year I saw the play. I want to say it was circa 2000. Okay. When I saw it the first time, and I told you in Montgomery, Alabama, Um. I thought there's no way they're going to be able to do this well just doing it in a beauty shop. It seems so limiting. It's going to be so limiting, but it was not. It wasn't. So good. You're you're right. And that brought back when we just saw it. I thought, wow, this really is interesting that you can get, you can know things are going on in other places from their dialogue in the beauty shop. Yep. And we had that whole episode on beauty shops where we talked about. I was thinking about the same thing. Just the life that happens. Yes. In those, especially, you know, in a home or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Just the great uh, community that happens uh-huh. there. Friendships and that form. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, the play premiered in 1987 at WPA Theater in New York City. And it was just about six months later that the swirl of activity started happening to move it from play to movie. Okay. So... You were going to mention casting wise, <laughs> one of the interesting uh, things that we've come across. And of course, I just also want to say this we're not the end all, know all of Steel Magnolia's trivia. Oh, Lord, no. We just love it. And we did do a little research to bring up some fun facts that may be unknown today. But well, this- again, from the Garden and Gun vid, um, interview was where I had heard this um, piece that I thought was so interesting. They. Wanted Meg Ryan for the lead role of Shelby. Okay. <laughs> so that would be Shelby was the name of the character that was Robert's sister, the, the playwright. Right. Yeah. Um, which is played by Julia Roberts. Right. But, uh, you know. Originally. Originally, they had cast Meg Ryan. Now, they had already cast the entire main cast. Mm-hmm. Originally, originally, it was Winona Ryder. That was going to be the lead. But then the producers were like, she's just too young. Okay. So I, that's interesting to me. Because she is, like, to me, indie rocker. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's not even, like, just, I just, she's reality bites. <laughs> she is so reality So bites. I can't even so fathom perfect. her. And Joe. I mean, she's Joe In to this me. setting. Yeah, Little Women. From Little Women. I, I just I can't even fathom yeah. her dark hair, dark short hair. Pale skin. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, but Meg Ryan, when I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh, no, she is not Shelby. She is not Southern. That's yeah. not right. And I love Meg Ryan. Well, did you mention why? So she- I haven't mentioned, but yeah, this do, is what is so it. amazing. So we've just said this is the 30 year anniversary of the film. Well, she ended up turning this role down after saying she would do it because she was cast as the lead for When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> Which little, is little known film, little you may known have heard film that can nobody else could have played that. No, I there's mean, no way. there's no way there could be a different Sally. And to me, there's no way. Well, and what I had read in Southern Living was that she was looking for a lead role because yeah. although we're we're kind of calling Shelby in Still Magnolias the lead, there's a lot. There's of a leads. lot of leads because it, and it's an epic. It's, she was cast. actually considered supporting actress. Like she's the only one that won an one, Oscar, right? And, and it was for a supporting actress yeah, role. Yeah. So. I that was see not why Meg also was true. just from a career standpoint wanting something. I need the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And she is sadly a good and move Shelby. for both of them. I know. And so both of these movies turning 30, it just blows my mind because they were both so impactful on yeah. me. Yeah. 
So, so talk about what you had heard about Julia coming in for an audition. Because I had read that she actually was going to audition, but was working on Mystic Pizza so at Mystic the time Pizza, of auditions. So she know, couldn't come to the auditions because she was still rapping. And and so they thought that they had landed. And then later they, okay, let's try and bring that girl in from Mystic Pizza. Yeah. Eric Roberts' sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so here she comes in and Robert Harling, the that had written the play, said as soon as she smiled, I knew that was my sister. That was Poops, mm-hmm. who was yeah. supposed to play my sister. Yeah. She flashed that smile and he said, that's my sister. Yeah. And she's Southern. Yeah, she's from Smyrna, Georgia. So it's just, to me, fits. Yeah. I think she was perfect yeah. for that role. But I, I think every person that they cast was so perfect for their role. Oh, I do too. It's amazing. I absolutely do. So the other actresses, there's six, the six characters from a female t- standpoint. So that, you know, there's, there's t- tons of men in support, you know, yeah. in the movie that make an impact as well, but that are also really good. Absolutely. <laughs> Tom Scarrett was awesome as Sally Shepard's husband. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the six ladies, we have Anel played by Daryl Hannah, Truvy played by Dolly Parton. Uh, Malin is played by Sally Field. That's Shelby's mom. Clary is played by Olympia Dukakis. And Weezer is played by Shirley MacLaine. And as we've just mentioned, Shelby was casted to be played by Julia Roberts. So the opening... Oh, let me mention one other thing before we jump into openings and scene by scene. One other fun fact of the role of Shelby... When Nicole Kidman was starting out in acting in Sydney, Australia, one of her earliest roles was playing Shelby on stage. That's funny. She played Shelby. That is really funny. I can't see it, but she, you know. But now she's a Southerner. That's that true. That just cracks me up. I, I, now I would kind of like to see her do it again. Not that she, I don't know. Do you think she even tried to give it a Southern accent? I don't know. That seems like that would be a struggle. Yeah, it does. How did you feel about the accents? Because I've heard people kind of go up and down on where how they thought people, the accents of the actresses. Well, it's been were. a long time. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I haven't like really analyzed that. I don't remember. I think anytime I think like you Clarie you, was pretty good when oh, she yeah she was good. Dolly's Dolly. Dolly's Dolly. She just had There's, to be Dolly. there. Really was no acting there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Sally I thought, Field was fairly neutral, wasn't she? Yeah, she I don't was. Remember her? She sounded Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. I thought Shelby. You know, I thought Julia Roberts was a little dramatic, but I just think that's her character. Yeah, that you know, some of the characters long-drawn, dramatic. You know, my wedding's gonna be the best. You know, my colors are blush and bashful. Yeah, like yeah, yeah real Those slow and yeah. So one other fun fact about that time period before all of the casting was set in place for the movie, but the word was out on how good this play production is. It's kind of these New York circles of people talking. So Elizabeth Taylor went to see Steel Magnolias during its off-Broadway run, which that's where it was, and gave it a rave review. Calls up Betty Davis. Have you heard this story? No. Okay. Um, and Robert Harling, which is the playwright. Betty Davis is starting to, you know, push to be cast in the role of Weezer. Oh. So, like, Elizabeth Taylor is like, hey, you know, you need to know about this, Betty Davis. So, Betty Davis is now calling the playwright. And um, she also thought Catherine Hepburn would make a fantastic Clary. And Elizabeth Taylor would be perfect as Truby. Like, they've got the whole little circle of friends. That's hilarious. That they're thinking of casting themselves. She was trying to convince him she was right for the role, and when he left, she told him, you may give the role of Weezer to someone else, but you and they will both hear from Betty Davis. Wow. (laughs) And she was like that. In fact, I remember David Letterman saying that he had never been so uncomfortable, like squirming, as with a guest as Betty Davis. Really? She was intimidating. So the role, of course, went to Shirley MacLaine, as we mentioned, and no word on whether Davis ever hardly an earful. <laughs> Very interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So we mentioned that the movie starts on Easter. There's actually 
holidays that line up with every single event, you know, kind of, there's like a Christmas festival and there's an October wedding um, or Halloween shower, wedding shower. I mean, there's, yeah, <laughs> like it for was a Halloween, her little bit boy was dressed as, you know, it was a Halloween clown. the night I know. she collapsed. And, yeah. Yes. So it opens with a beautiful spring day in Natchitoches, Louisiana, <laughs> and they are setting up for a wedding. Mm-hmm. At the home of, um, should we say Julia Roberts or should we say Shelby? I'm, I'm now I'm kind of toying with oh, whether to, Shelby. Okay, she's Shelby at Shelby's home, and a good old Southern wedding is ha- happening at the church, and then reception back at the house, and everything from sh- broken champagne glasses to birds that are a nuisance in the tree that Shelby's dad is firing at. So it's just really a fun, chaotic, chaotic scene. But then we move to the beauty shop where, of course, you're starting to now meet characters. They're dialoguing with each other. You're starting to see some Their personalities between one another. And Weezer has so many one-liners in her opening dialogue. I couldn't even write them all down. Like, I've seen all of them on a t-shirt or, <laughs> you know, on a, a greeting card or yes. something. In fact, Robert Harling said when he was writing about all of these women and writing the lines. He said they all love one-liners and they talk like bumper stickers. That's hilarious. And they do. Now, I remember him telling a story about one of the famous lines that Shirley MacLaine has Mm -hmm. in the play that he literally added backstage the first night it was going on. Yeah. Do you remember that story? I do. Because people were... The actors were confused because they thought it was... A drama, and it was coming across as a, as comedy. a comedy. Well, at, the, at so one they, point, the actor that was playing Weezer said, "I, if you know, Weezer would not just stay quiet right. in this moment. She has to have a comeback." Yeah, and he, at the last minute, wrote in. Well, first, before you say that, Maylin had said to Weezer, "Come down to the guidance counseling center." Yeah. You know, if you're really feeling that way about things, you should talk to somebody. You know, so she's, she's encouraging her to come her down and get some and, counseling for all the things that she she's says, complaining about. <laughs> her line, I don't have it written down here, but it's something about... Uh, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I've just been in a bad mood for 40 years. <laughs> so that was the line so that he came up with backstage. Yeah, but that and, should be her response. And that's crazy, too, because, I mean, I've never even been an actor, but I get that when... It, you're so immersed in a character, like you are trying to become that mm-hmm. character, and you you recognize things like my character wouldn't Would stand there quiet. and just be like, oh, hmm, yeah, the good advice, yeah. you know, like yeah. So yeah, they that actor recognized she would need not only a comeback, but like a feisty a really one. Feisty, funny one. Yeah. And that one stands out to a lot of people as a it favorite. Does. It does. So beautiful wedding. I don't know if you want to say anything about that because I was about to to move past it, but... It was, um, when you say beautiful, it makes me laugh, though, because it was beautiful in the 80s. Sure. Now, when I look back on oh, it, it's, it's actually ridiculous. quite tacky. Well, and they even say but, that in the, in the movie. I mean, the mom is kind of joking that the whole church has been covered in Pepto-Bismol. Because she's so into pink. Mm-hmm. It's her signature color, yes. as she says. So, But yeah, the dresses, I mean... Big, did all the bridesmaids wear pink hats? Yes, they yeah. all had pink hats on. <laughs> it was very... You remember that one well. I remember that. But um, it was very Southern. She yeah. had a dozen bridesmaids. I don't know how many, but yeah. it seemed like a dozen. Which that's, you know, especially, what is she, 21 getting married? Mm-hmm. At that age, that happens. in the South, you want everybody up there. Mm-hmm. I used to think that's what I would have. Mm-hmm. Was I mean, I knew... 12 people I'd want yeah, up you'd there. You'd have to cut at that age. Cut and friends. So, yeah. yeah. And I probably would have wanted big shoulders in my mm-hmm. dress and things like that. So a lot of that's changed with age and yeah. what I would want now. But yeah. that's kind of funny because it was quite beautiful and fairy tale. Oh, yeah. Like, but yeah. very over the top. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, one of the most favorite things about the reception there's well there's two things you loved a little part that i'll let you tell but the groom's cake being armadillo yes red velvet cake and they talk about hacking into it yes 
them looking like a bloody animal. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But there's some funny grooms cakes out there. There like are. All different themes and. Well, and I feel like, is that a Southern thing too? Like would, would the groom's cake be more playful at a Southern wedding? That's a good question. We should have people give us feedback. I see a lot of sports team ones and you see a lot of different funny things like that where it's real playful, not just a a chocolate. We did a Jeep because my husband loves Jeeps. Um, Yeah, I've seen a lot of SEC teams. But yeah, I'm not sure if that's a, if Northern weddings would keep it a more tame or if they even do a groom's cake. I mean, I'm sure they do, but... Anyway, and then you love that scene of Clary and Truvy. Oh, I just think it's a funny scene where this uh, is the mayor's wife, I think, is dancing on the... Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, that's that's probably another reason why they don't like her is because Clary's the former mayor's wife. Right, so they don't like this new lady, and she's out there dancing in a um, (laughs) very tight dress. (laughs) And there's a line, and I I don't have it written down to quote it per se, but she says something along the lines of, it looks like two pigs dancing under a, fighting under under a blanket. (laughs) Yeah. Clary had some funny lines. They all. Well, they all all do. They really do. Good lines. It's so well written. Um, Well, after the wedding, it moves pretty quickly to where we're set up with what the, the true conflict of the movie is, which is the problem that presents itself with Shelby has been told children, bearing children aren't a good idea for you because the toll it will take on your body. But as you mentioned earlier, the character this is based on was true to this as well. Like that she wouldn't take that for an answer. So she does end up pregnant and I think that's an interesting place where you really see the biggest rub between her and her mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause her mom so loves her that she doesn't want her to be sicker. Right. Yeah. However, yeah, she sees this as a decision mm-hmm. that Shelby that can could kill avoid. Her. Yeah. That a decision she could make and a place she could avoid. Yeah. This. So it's interesting to me, I'll go ahead and bring this up. When you see the play, it's just the six women. There are no men cast in the play production. Mm -hmm. So they have unique ways that they bring in the male characters, like a phone call coming into the beauty shop where it's, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the guys, it's a husband, it's a brother. Mm -hmm. So you're understanding, and of course there's just the general retelling of things, you know, dialogue that the women are sharing with one another, you know, about my husband did this, my, you know, but, um, without actually having them present, you're only hearing the one side. True. So this was a place, this conflict that I just described was a place where I felt like you miss it in the play because in the movie you get to see the way the mom really tries hard to talk to her new Mm son-in-law and you get to see like she's serious to talk to Jackson is his name. Yeah. And she does it even at the reception. They're trying, they're Mm -hmm. doing a, a dance and she says, promise me you'll think about it before you have, you make any big decisions about family. Mm-hmm. And he totally brushes it off. I mean, she, I think she even restates it like a couple of times. So you don't you don't get that mm-hmm. in the play. Like you you hear from Julia or from Shelby, you know she's saying that, that to she's Shelby told Jackson about this, and that mm-hmm. Jackson and her have talked about family. Mm-hmm. But you're not seeing like they portray him in the movie, like him not taking it very seriously. So I don't know mm-hmm. how true that was to mm-hmm. his. To yeah. character, his how he played it out in life. But anyway, that was just one of those moments mm-hmm. where I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really needed to see both characters to really see both sides of how they're, mm-hmm. you know, responding to life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, and yeah. And then also just while we're on the topic of the lack of men, you don't get to see without the men there, you don't get to see the humor between Weezer 
and Shelby's dad. Oh my gosh. The way they pick on each other in the movie is absolutely amazing. And they actually really love each other. They do. But it's hilarious, isn't it? It's awesome. And then And I um, love Tom Skerritt anyway, so Or even the way I mean, I know he's not in it very much, but even the way Weezer interacts with her, like that old friend, Owen. Owen. <laughs> Isn't he quirky? He's so quirky. Oh but like the way she like talks to him, mm-hmm. I mean, I it's like I can appreciate her even more watching her. She's embarrassed. She's shocked. Oh, Deep yeah. down, yeah, she she's has insecurities. Absolutely. I think that kind of came out, though, in the play. You do? I do. Because like, okay. we that just saw one. that recent. I yeah. thought that came out. Yeah, yeah. Where she was kind of wanting to talk about it that one day when she's in the beauty salon. Yeah. Um, you could tell she kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit, um, but was embarrassed. Yeah. Like, she hurried out the door, do you remember? Yeah. And Shelby was saying... Oh, and by the way, Owen's going to be there oh, too. Yeah. And she's like yeah. nervous and runs yes. out the door. Like you, I got the embarrassment. Of, yeah. You know, I've been setting my ways for a long time and yeah. now I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Like I, I got that yeah. part, but yeah. I know I, no, I, get I did that. miss the part with her banter. Oh my gosh. With Shelby's dad. I mean, it's so, it's so wonderful in so many ways. But and they, yeah. it's like they feed off each other, mm-hmm. which yeah. I've had friends like that where Mm-hmm. Like guy friends like that, where it's just fun to pick at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. So, yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, it's a total loss in seeing the play, but there's just certain dynamics where it's kind of unfair to not Have a little see bit the look on a man's face or see how he's responding to some things or even what he actually said to some incidences. So, But especially the conflict of... Mm-hmm. No, really. Like, how much are you guys thinking about starting a family? So, And, yeah, we don't ever get to see how hard that might have been for Malin after when she had moments with her grandson. Right. Can you imagine how she might have had some frustration of, I tried to talk to him. Like, Shelby should be here because I tried to talk to him. I thought about that, actually. after watching it again, I was just thinking, so wonder what that relationship even looks like now. Mm-hmm. I mean, because this is still their grandson, mm-hmm. but he's been so far removed from mm-hmm. being mothered by their daughter. Right. You know? Yeah. But it's their grandson, so. Yeah. It's tough. That is tough. That child could have grandkids by now. But. Well, no, could have kids, not grandkids, but. Yeah. Wow. But one of my favorite lines from Shelby, which is what we're basically describing here, is she says, I would rather have 30, 30 minutes, minutes of wonderful. I know. I would rather have 30 minutes of wonderful than a lifetime of nothing special. <laughs> Crack. I had to, when we watched the play at the boiler room, I mean, at the um, pull tight, I had to turn all the way around from the person I was sitting next to because I heard like a crack coming in my <laughs> cry. Like I, and I was embarrassed to cry like out loud yeah. in yeah. a setting of a play. But that is, I know, and that place is such a small playroom. Like you're practically on the stage. <laughs> so I'm like, I was the one on stage shaking in my chair. I was crying. So. <laughs> Trying to cry quietly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, um, as you can tell from our crack of conversation here, it's such a moving um, production altogether. So many good lines in this. Do you have good lines or favorite I put a scenes? Few, um, and again, these were just off my cuff. Like yeah. I didn't have, you know, I was just trying to remember. And every character had good ones. That was yeah. the thing. But one of my favorite, I love Truvy says, laughing through tears is my favorite emotion. That's a good one. That stood out Because it really is a, one of my favorite things. I loved her line that um, I haven't left the house without Lycra on my thighs since I was 14. <laughs> and that actually pertains to the lady with the tight dress <laughs> that they were commenting on. And but she needed a girdle. She needed a girdle. And, you know. Yeah, they were making fun, kind of saying, like, you know, I'm sure she paid a lot for that dress. She didn't take time to wear a girdle under it. Yeah, Clary was actually commenting that that was a good thing, that Truvy's been wearing a, you know, lycra on her thighs that long. She meant she was raised right. Um, Yeah, these are the kinds of things 
that um, Southern women just wanted to, to look nice. It didn't matter if it was comfortable. Right. It was a matter of did it look good. Oh, we're at the end of Easter afternoon. I'm still uncomfortable. In my, I'm still <laughs> sitting here in my dress. So. I'm at my house, so I was able to change clothes. Yeah, I've you. changed out of my shoes, but my dress is still <laughs> a little snug. <laughs> um, yeah, Truby also, of course, being the owner of the beauty shop, she says, I don't trust anyone that does their own hair. I don't think it's normal. <laughs> I and didn't that. she have a line, too, that was like, uh, she was saying to um, Anel, oh, you did your own hair? I can usually tell a bottle job from at least 30 paces. <laughs> she did say that. And what's hilarious is her hair looks awful. Like, that, it's streaked. Anel's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Her character cracks me up because she's so awkward and quirky in the beginning, yeah. but like settles into herself yes. a little bit more later yes. into the Yeah. Into the play to where she's even making funny cracks at she, Weezer. She gets a jab at Weezer at the end and they're all so proud, especially Clary's proud Another of one of my favorite lines that Truvy says is she's talking about her son's girlfriend that had come around and she said, well, the nicest thing I can say about her is that all her tattoos are spelled correctly. That actually made the trailer. I rewatched the trailer oh, really? again. <laughs> yeah. And I did. Uh, so I rewatched the trailer, not even just the one I said was in front of To Kill a Mockingbird. And it is it St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire. I can't believe music. it. I just don't understand that is so how can hilarious. you do that anyway um you know there's no such thing as natural beauty another good <laughs> truby line i've got um well some of these are serious and some of them are funny that's the interesting thing about this movie is they it they're all over the place they're all encountering place. really hard things and then they would go there for a second but then they would cut it with something funny yeah usually Which, clary there, it's funny that you kind of need each other, too. And that's in real life. Sure. Like, where somebody's bawling and then somebody will say something funny. Like, you kind of need that. Well, yeah, our, That's what we need each other. I think even friend groups kind of know, like, they're probably even eyeing each other. Like, okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, deep one. Mm-hmm. Get in here and offer some words of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's gotten heavy, funny one. Come in here and slice yeah, that's right. tension. Make an eyes at each other. If yeah. somebody needs, it's time for you to step up and do yeah. your thing. That's right. Um, gosh, I loved this too, this part. Truvy's, uh, having a conversation with Clary and she says, uh, she's talking about a now. I kind of like, I kind of like hiring somebody with the past. Oh yeah. And Clary, Clary says she can't be more than 18. She hasn't had time to have a past. And Truvy says, oh, get with it, Clary. This is the eighties. If you can achieve puberty, you can have a past. <laughs> Well, that line hit me as funny when we saw the play. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I was 19 when I watched the movie, so I probably didn't think that was funny at all. That's right. What does that mean? But, man, yeah. But watching it now, I'm like, that's right. How she hadn't had time to have a past. That's so funny. Oh, man. Yeah, they they were really ready. To have Anel come oh, in as the fresh story, meat in they? their beauty shop. Give us the scoop. Yeah. You don't know if you're married. Like, it is so funny, that whole that whole part. Um, Do you what? have any favorite scenes that stood out in either the play or the movie? So, I went back and, well, the line that stands out to me, uh, very serious scene. In the movie, it's, it's in... It's right after. It's in the uh, grave in the graveyard in yeah. the, Ooh, at the yeah. cemetery. In the play, it's in the beauty shop. In the beauty shop, yeah. but it happens in both. Yep. I, I want to know why. I want to know why. And that whole scene mm-hmm. to me, and I could start crying just talking about it. We all have that. Yeah. Be it about a death of a child, death of a dream. Why? By or God, why not? I want to know why. Yeah. And I believe that that very thing is what oftentimes causes people to walk away from God Mm -hmm. instead of run to him when he so wants you to run to him. Yeah. Because we want to understand. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I went back. So what was in my mind was just I want to know why Mm -hmm. that line really stands out. But I went back and looked to get the. 
more in-depth quote. Yeah. Because I think the whole scene's so amazing. So as the mom, she's saying, I'm fine. I can jog all the way to Texas and back, but my daughter can't. She never could. Oh, God, I'm so mad. I don't know what to do. I want to know why. I want to know why Shelby's life is over. I want... I want to know how that baby will ever know how wonderful his mother was. Will he ever know what she went through for him? This is what I felt like the brother was. Absolutely. This was actually what he was feeling. Yes. And so he's getting it out on paper as it's his mom. Yeah. That's really what was in his insides yes. when that baby agree. said mama. Agree. <laughs> 100% agree. I want to know why. Lord, I wish I could understand. Mm-hmm. And I just think we all come to those moments in mm-hmm. life where we're like just screaming out. Mm-hmm. And um, and do you know, I heard from the playwright, I heard him say he didn't know where to go from then. Like when he was writing that, he wrote that mm-hmm. and then he didn't know where to take the next few lines. So he actually has a sister as well. And she helped mm-hmm. end the scene and she wrote the line. About here, I just want to hit something, uh-huh. and then they pull in Weezer. Here, hit her, <laughs> and again, you almost needed that to break the heaviness because yeah. it is heavy. Yeah, um, and you just you know then find yourself laughing. Yeah, um, yeah, very intense. Because she goes on to say, "No, it's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. Mm-hmm. I've always been ready to go first. I thought that was Oscar worthy. I I really did. I'm shocked she didn't get like in that moment. That just sealed the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And the young lady or the woman that we saw in the production here locally at the pool tight, she did a fantastic job at that scene. And those are some really, really big roles to fill. Yeah, when really you're playing good. a role that Sally Field should have won an Oscar for. Yeah, I wanted to ask her because she had real tears. She did. When she was doing it, and I really wanted to ask her, like, did you have to go to a hard place mm-hmm. in your mind to do that? Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the courage to yeah. ask because I thought I don't want her to have to share something uncomfortable. But I really did wonder. Yeah, that was interesting. The just happenstance, the way that we were seated in the theater, we happened to be facing her. Cause see, and there was a moment. whole, it was like L-shaped. There was other times we weren't. So there was a whole side of the room but we got that, that was part. just seeing a profile or the back mm-hmm. of her head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were, you know, 20 feet away from her looking yeah. at tears running down her face. I'm trying to not have noise with it. <laughs> Cause that's how I cry sometimes, especially about heavy things. Whew, so that, and then there's another um, part that, did you want me to keep going with any other favorite scenes? Yeah. So another scene that I love, it's Malin again. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it's the hospital. Yeah, like, I wrote, that was my favorite scene. I find it amusing, that part where she says, I find it amu- amusing. Men are supposed to be made out of steel or something. I just sat there. I just held Shelby's hand. There was no noise, no tremble, just peace. Oh, God, I realize as a woman how lucky I am. I was there when that wonderful creature drifted into my life, and I was there when she drifted out. It was the most precious moment of my life. Yeah. See, and that that was my favorite scene in the So I broke it down in favorite scene in the play and favorite scene in the movie. So that's my favorite scene in the movie because that's not, you don't see that in the play. And that was tough for me to see the play without including any of the hospital Well, you, she says this line. Though. I know, but yeah. all of the time in yeah. the hospital. Where she's doing seeing, physical therapy on her. She's reading she's beauty doing, articles. She's, yes. you know, showing her pictures of her son. Yeah. Like, open your eyes, Shelby. Open your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, walking hmm. through all of these things, trying to speak life back into her. And then you're also, you can feel the exhaustion from the mom yeah. in the movie when you're yeah. watching. So I, I definitely missed that from the play because that's my favorite scene where you're, she has, her mom has given her so much, not just support. She's literally given her a kidney by this yeah. point that has now failed. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and they say in the movie even that the. Um, kidney transplant is going to be much tougher for mom mm-hmm. than daughter. Yeah, she's had to. So you just quickly. know the yeah. exhaustion and the toll that's happening on mom. Um, and then, yeah, just. Very emotional. 
hour by hour, you know, and she even says, you know, at the encouragement of somebody, maybe even her husband, like, why don't you go home, get a shower, she get a good meal. She was like, Just what if she wakes up? It's that moment that she wakes up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, I've had quite a few health challenges myself where I had a mom that was like that too. Yeah. yeah. And so that's interesting that I was watching this in the theater with mom mm-hmm. and I've watched it again with her. Yeah. And just about a year ago or something. And she said, I never want to watch this again with yeah. you. Mom's done watching Steel Magnolias. <laughs> She's lived Steel Magnolias yeah. um, in many ways. Yeah. Not exactly, but... Um, so I didn't pick a favorite scene in the play. I just thought... I just wrote down, in general, that the beauty shop really drew me in. Mm-hmm. So, like... Obviously, the beauty shop is a component of the movie, but I wasn't as drawn in watching it in the movie as I was seeing it in the play. Like, mm-hmm. I felt their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a home where they did so much life together. Yeah. I felt even, like, a desire or a hope on my own end of, like, I wish I had a beauty shop like that to go to. Like, I didn't think that. When I was watching the movie, like, oh, I wish I had access to Truvy's place. But I did want that when I saw the play. I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. oh, man, if yeah. Truvy had a, sto- uh, you know, a beauty shop here in town, I'd kind of want to go. Yeah. So, just, And if it was Dolly Parton, I, I mean, well, line, yeah. the line would be so long we'd never get in. get in. Well, um, one other funny line, because I want to also have some fun. Okay. Funny. Well, I, bef- can I jump in before, yes. we the, be- before we leave the hospital? discussion mm-hmm. too. I did find this and I, you know, we talked about how this whole experience was for Robert Harling to get some healing. Like he was yeah. getting words out and yeah. emotions out on pen and paper. Um, so we talked about that, but I had never heard this until we started doing research for this. Um, so Robert Harling, he was, I guess on set a lot while they were shooting the movie. They shot it in, in his, his hometown. hometown. So all these major stars. Can you even imagine in a tiny town what yeah, that I didn't must look have been up, like? I didn't look up their population or anything. But yeah, like running into Olympia Dukakis at like yo- the yogurt shop in right. Natchitoches. Like, oh, hey, Shirley MacLaine. Did right. you, um, you know, need any help with your whatever? Yeah, yeah, I'm freaking out if I'm seeing these kind of stars. So... So, obviously, his family's there. Robert Harling's family is around, too. I mean, because since they shot it in his hometown. Well, his mother was on set at the hospital. Wow. I don't know if I'll be able to get through this. (laughs) Um, Harling wanted his mother to leave the set when they filmed Julia Roberts' death scene, but his mother insisted on staying so she could see Julia get up and walk away. I said, I can't believe you put yourself through that, Harling recalled, saying to his mother in an interview with the Huffington Post. But Julia had become so special to my parents, she took some peace with that. Also, the nurses and other hospital staff seen in Julia Roberts' life support scenes are actual medical professionals who tended Harling's sister. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 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 Oh, how am I going to edit this? I'm just <laughs> crying for all of it. I'll have to do some work, but. Well, we just are real. Yeah. I mean, when, I think every time we're real, but this is just hits, it hits pretty close to home it for does. a number of reasons. Yeah. So, um, we did want to mention, well, you had some funny things Well, to I mention. just wanted to end funny because <laughs> this is like. Literally crying. If somebody's driving to work and you're listening, <laughs> I want you to laugh at the very end. And this is the scene that made me laugh. Clary is ha- talking with Weezer. Yeah. And she says, you know, you would be a much more contented, pleasant person if you would find ways to occupy your time. <laughs> And Weezer says, I'm pleasant. I saw Drum Eatington this morning at the Piggly Wiggly, and I smiled at him before before I could help myself. <laughs> she threw in a couple of ex- other words that I didn't. But Drum being Shelby's dad that she's yes, been that they at go back with the whole film. Yeah. I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> I'm pleasant. 
I smiled before I could help myself at the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I know we mentioned at the beginning, but do take a listen to that Garden and Gun podcast with Robert Harling. It's really good to listen to him talk about from his perspective. But more importantly... See this movie or play if you haven't, because it is the epitome of the Southern life. And it is. um, And if you're a super fan and you're wanting to go on a road trip, you can actually visit the Steel Magnolias house in Natchitoches, Louisiana. It's far from here. I looked it up. I mean, it would be quite the road trip. Quite the commitment. Um, But it is the house where Steel Magnolias was filmed. Um, It would be the home. What would Shelby. have been Shelby's home where and they it's had a, their reception. Yeah, and, and it's a bed and breakfast now. And it's it's actually named the Steel Magnolias House now. So and um, they have each of the rooms are different character names. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, so that would be really fun. That would be a fun road trip. Wanting though. a girl's trip. And um, my guess would be that since this film, and, you know, obviously they've had 30 years to kind of shape up their town. But my guess is that there's probably a lot of information and in sort the town of stuff about, yeah. about the movie around town. Well, I have a friend who's from that town, a new friend in my life. I've only known her just a year or two. But anyhow, she says it's a neat town. So cool. maybe make the trip. We should make the trip at some point. It'd be fun. It really would. Well, goodness. It's been a fun one, a tearful one, but a laughter one That's right. as well. And we um, we did want to make sure and do this episode because it's it's part of our namesake, and we um, we love the film. We love what it means to the South and what it has said about and shown about southern friendships and i had my first easter egg hunt for my nephew today and that's how uh, towards the end of the movie that's, how that's it ends. what happens life so continues it, sweet, it sure does sweet thing all right guys well we hope that you have a great week and um please do share this episode with any friends of yours that you think might enjoy it we have so 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 enjoyed getting some feedback from you guys and yes hearing um just all the different things that we're stirring up in your love of southern culture so, so. find us on social media and interact with us absolutely we love that all right y'all have a good one bye When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.